From Phoenix to London, from LA to around the world, this is the ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle Ray Ellis and Fan Man, your number one fan oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. It almost killed me. This weekend almost killed me. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. Fan Man this weekend literally almost killed me. I mean, every I team. I thought you were going to commit suicide. I thought you were going to jump off the highest building in Phoenix. Well, somebody stopped me. Were you me. crying on the phone when I talked to you? Well, there's no crying in football, you know. It's just like when the guy, <laughs> when, when Arizona State got beat by UNLV, I mean, the coach after the game, he literally almost started crying right. because he was so happy for his team. But there's no crying in football. we got to be men. We, you know, we got to pick it up, and we got to go at it again. But I, I was truly, and I'm not going to say that I was, I, was, I was probably disappointed. I certainly won't say that I was, I, I was humbled because the season is not over yet. And not that I'm arrogant or cocky about any of the teams of which I support strongly for a reason that you are much aware of. But, yeah. man, I had a bad weekend. Starting off with Ohio State University, the Ohio State University going into Southern Cal, oh my goodness. Remember, I, you have now have to say the University of Southern California. The University of Southern California. The. I mean, it got so bad, I don't even think Pete Carroll ever I acknowledged. I turned it off, I was throwing up. Yeah, it was so bad, I don't think Pete Carroll ever acknowledged that he coached at the Ohio State University, which which he did, but, you know, it was important. When you start looking at it from, you know, okay, I'm looking at this and it's getting worse, you know, from the very beginning, it started off a drive. After a drive or two, you know, the game was over. Listen, the bottom oh, yeah, line is... Listen to this, right? I think you should have been on the sidelines motivating that Ohio State team. You well, needed the, to be there. Well, there probably was a lack of motivation, you know, because anytime you're going and you're playing, you know, what is felt by many to be the best football team in the country right now, you got to go and you got to be inspired. You got to play inspired yeah. football. You know, you got to play... Your emotional level has to be at its highest level possible. I totally I didn't agree. see all that emotion coming out of Ohio State football team. I mean, it was probably taken off of them on the plane. They, they just sucked it out of them. But they, they didn't play with the emotion they needed to. And, and quite literally, we got our butts kicked because they, USC is a much better football team. Bottom line, I, you know, I'll give it up. You got to give it up where credit is due. Hey, they are due much credit better. is due. Yeah, and that much, much better football team than we are. So I give credit to, you know, all those out there, you know, the University of Southern California, you know, right now you got my vote. You're the best team in the country. I'm not even going to say I don't even see Ohio State at this time being in the top five, because for me, I mean, yeah, I'm loyal to the university. But my opinion as, you know, one of them who's played the game before, as I guess if there's such a thing as a professional expert opinion, because I played it. You are at, a at professional expert opinion. Well, my expert opinion right now is the Ohio State University is not in contention for a national championship I with totally this football team this year. So Anyway, let's get to last night's game. Well, see, you want to break my heart again. See? I want to break your heart again. But wait, my wait, heart before, before last night's game, let me just kind of ease into this because my heart got broke again Sunday night because Pittsburgh came into Cleveland. Again, I know the weather was bad. I know it was rainy, but it was, it was rainy for the Pittsburgh Steelers, too. The field was wet for the Steelers, too. And, again, a very – that at least – is a respectable game. I mean, the Browns at least gave Pittsburgh a decent football game, although, again, it looked like Pittsburgh was a better team on the field that night. I agree. And then so, I, you know, I, to our man Fish out there, okay, Fish, I give it up to you, you, you know. 
you, you did a good job, man. You guys you took it to us the way you should have. And so uh, props to the Steelers. So now, okay, before we get into everything else, let's go ahead and talk about last night's game. You know, last night's game was one of the most exciting football games that I've seen in a hell of a long time. That game was so good. I, it, it was, like, as they said, ridiculously, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal game. And, you know, I did pick the Eagles to win. I think the Eagles would have won the game, except for a couple different, uh, a, a couple different snafus that they ran into. But, you know, I, like I said earlier in the last few weeks, that the e- it's going to be Eagles and Dallas. And, in fact, the announcers last night, even Jaworski, um, <clears throat> Rod Jaworski said, these are the two best teams in the NFL. These two teams, one of them is going to make it and be the Super Bowl winner. And I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And one thing I have to say about that bonehead, um, what's his name? Deshaun Jackson. I couldn't believe he did that. Oh, come on, fam, well, man. You know, he's a, he's he's a like, kid. You know, he did this in high school. Do you know that? He did this in high school. Yeah, but he's a kid playing a no, kid's no, no, game. No, 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 no. He's a professional football player. He shouldn't be doing that. Like you said earlier, he shouldn't be running down the field. And the whole country's watching him. The whole United States, um, you have all the fans watching it. And he's running down the field. And what, do you, what is he thinking in his head, Ray? Tell us. Tell, okay, tell us what I, he's I'll be honest with you, fam, man. I feel the same way you do. As a matter of fact, this he's is a what I thought. He's a dickhead, not a bonehead. He, he, here's <laughs> EG Show. EG Show. Okay, but this is what I thought. And, and if, <laughs> if you want to know what the rest of his teammates thought, all you had to do is watch the reaction that he got from Westbrook when he ran out on the field to try to congratulate him. Westbrook didn't even acknowledge him. I know he didn't. He didn't, he didn't hug him. He didn't shake his hand. He just looked at him like, if you don't get your off this field right now. You know, because it was a it was a stupid play. It, you know, I don't like to say and stupid. And you know the thing is, football, I, feel sorry, I feel sorry for Brian because he had to go back in there and do a flip-flop over, and then the next thing you see on TV, they're massaging his back, his tailbone. He hurt his tailbone. And, I mean, you know, you've you got to play the game with the team. You've got to play as a team and not worry about, about yourself. But they did say he was showboating. He, he basically, it's, it's, his, it's his thing. It's all about him and the hell with everybody else. That's well, he was, he was, he that. was no oh, doubt about it. He, he was showboating. And I, I can't believe I'm going to agree with the Cowboy. But a, a Cowboy, a, one of the greatest football players ever played a game, Emmitt Smith, after the game, his commentary, he actually said that he was sick and tired of young ball players more concerned about what type of dance they were going to do once they got into the end zone as opposed to just playing football and going about your business. Woody Hayes used to tell us years ago, God bless his soul, when you get in the end zone, don't act like it's the first time you've ever been there. And for this young man, it would have been. You know, the first time that he'd yeah, been the there first against time. the he, Cowboys. He blew, he blew it himself. He blew he, a 61-yard uh, bomb. Instead, and, yeah, and now it just goes down as a pass instead of a touchdown. It goes a bonehead play. Can you yeah. imagine if the Eagles did not get in, what would have happened to that team? Well, he's, he's still, again. I, I, I would have got rid of him. Yeah, well, well, I, I, they would have no. They would not have gotten rid of the young man. The, the man no, has he's got a lot talent. Of problems with this. They, they, the team has been trying to work with this guy, apparently. I've been reading up about this guy. Well, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. He just got there. Well, you know, people who have followed this guy's career, and he started in Long Beach at uh, uh, Long Beach uh, Poly. Uh, they were, they, were, they had to be cringing because they remember that Jackson did the same type of thing in the 2005 U.S. Army All American Bowl in San Antonio. He did the same exact thing. Well, he, as a young kid, he's I guess he's always had a, a special kind of flair, and he's always been a real special kid when it comes to his athletic talent particularly on the football field. And so he's had the opportunity to think about these things, to watch people like T.O., 
you know, and all the other receivers who have, you know, Chad Johnson. And he's kind of, you know, built himself, okay, I've got to somehow identify myself and brand myself, and I'm going to do my own thing. Well, and know, he, he was he more bra- concerned he, about he that. He himself last night by bypassing Pac-Man Jones and blowing, uh, blowing the whole Dallas defense out. And then he, and then he catches the ball. With, it was phenomenal and, and blows it at the end. I mean, I, uh, what do you think the team, what do you think Andy Reid said to him after, after the game or the, or the team? Do you think the team talked to him? Well, I, I certainly Were they calling think, him names like bad curse names. No, I, I wouldn't say that because they were too okay. focused about winning the game and, they, and their right. heads were actually in the game. I'm saying after the game. Well, well, during the game, I told you, you Westbrook again. I've always been one who believes that nonverbal communication is the strongest communication as you can possibly get. And Westbrook didn't acknowledge him. Right. That was a strong message he was sending to him. Now, on the other hand, Andy Reid. I do not believe that Andy Reid does not acknowledge and does not confront this young man about what you did. He will not condone that. He does not want that. And he has to have his, he, he's going to sit the young man and say, listen, you are now a professional. You right. know, and, and that is not conducting yourself in a way of which I'm sure they talked to him about when they interviewed him, when they were considering drafting him. And they wanted to address all of his personal issues. And they wanted him to know that, listen, you're going to come and be a part. In the preseason, he was a team player. He caught, I, think he, I know he caught more passes than anybody else in the preseason for the Eagles. But he demonstrated his ability to be a team player and to humble himself. But when he got on the biggest spotlight there is in professional sports, Monday night football, he decided that it was him first in terms of, again, I scored the touchdown. I got a dance that I've been thinking about doing. I can't wait till I get in the end zone so I can do my dance. You know what? You know what? You know what really uh, upset me too when he did that. And this is where the coaching came in on the Cowboys. The, the 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 two the cowboy defensive backs that were running after him when he when he let the ball go. How come Dallas didn't pick up the ball? Well, it's, that if was you, amazing. If you were, well, here's here's what it was. Pac-Man considered, of course, excuse that, uh, I think that's a pig we just heard. Yeah, it's a pig. Inter- interruption, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pac-Man considered. Pac-Man considered. As, as you'll see, he, he thought about going after the ball, but he didn't. I always tell young people, listen, if there's a question, just go the extra mile effort it takes to get the job done and let the questions be answered right. later. Well, so if you turned around, player, oh, I let know, me finish. Let me, let me finish ball, that one. When, when the ball is dropped, you didn't let me finish. The ball's dropped, everybody goes for the ball, right? You it's never like let a, me it's finish. Like a big gang fight. Everybody's after the ball. <laughs> they, he dropped the ball. There was two players standing right there. He dropped the ball, and, and, and Dallas didn't do anything about it. Okay, can I finish now? Because sure. I never. I'm finished. sorry. Okay. Okay. So here's what I'm saying. Exactly. If there's a question that he didn't cross the goal line, Pac-Man, you know, you thought he didn't. Adam, you thought he didn't. Jump on the ball just for the sake of jumping on the ball. Now, because the play later got blown dead because there was no reaction, different than the Denver game because in the Denver game there actually was a reaction and the ball was recovered. But uh, San Diego recovered it, but you know, you know, the referee you know, had blown it dead. San Diego-Denver game with, with, with um, uh, the, uh, Jay what's Cutler. The, what's the quarterback's name? Jay Cutler. 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 Cutler raises his hand up. You see the hand go up, and you see the ball come right out, straight out. And this referee blew, blew, the, call, blew the play dead when the ball was still in the air. I don't well, know. I, I'm sitting there going, huh? what, what, am I smoking the right marijuana here? What, what the hell's going on? And then he blows again, it, PG and then and the Oakland Raider comes in, the defensive back, get, grabs the ball, and that's the game. I, they got cheated. 
Well, no, what happened they is they got cheated out of the game. I, no, I wouldn't they, say they got they cheated because when you say cheated, that play was allowed. No, it was, was a mistake a that was. It was a mistake that was made. When it's cheating, I think it's something that's done intentionally, aware of what the rule I didn't is. I said it was cheating. I said that the, you said when, it got when cheated the ball out of the went game. up in the air, when he when he was going to pass it, but his arm went straight up and, it, and and fell out of his hand. The Raider the Raider defensive back was right there, picked up the ball and fell down. And it was Raiders' ball. I mean, that was it. And then he said he blew the whistle. I didn't hear any whistle. Well, you, of course, we don't always hear the whistles, but the, the no, whistle. No, they did a replay back, and I didn't hear the whistle when they. Yeah, did you the could see. You could even see him in instant replay. You could see him in the background, and you could see him waving his hands and waving the play off, and that that basically killed the play. And once that was done, then it was nothing else that could be done. The play was over. You know, the play was stopped. They, no, they no, I thought the play stops when the ball hits the ground. Uh, well, right I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll address that issue after we take a break because okay. we got music, which means we got to take a break. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. We're in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll be right back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports yeah, yeah. sir we're back here's the rail of sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host in the world and man and uh you know again fan man it was just a mistake i mean that's one thing about the, the game of sports is They've now decided that their in instant replay will be a part of the game. 
and, and and because of that, we uh-huh. as view as the viewing audience, we get to see a lot of stuff. But the referees are doing the best they can, that real time, right to make there. a decision. Yeah, but remember, now he was standing there. He blew the ball dead, but mm-hmm. he clearly stated to the coach, "I blew the call." I blew the call. At least he was man enough to do that. That's exactly right. Well, that man is... He's going to step in San Diego, man. He, he'll get his ass kicked, that ref. Well, you know, he lives here in Phoenix. He's an attorney here in Phoenix. So, oh, really? He's an yeah. attorney? Oh, that's even yeah. worse. <laughs> so he, but he was honest. You know, there are a few of those guys that are honest. And he blew it. Now, here's the thing about it I don't understand, is he's being downgraded. I mean, there's a check mark now going against him because he acknowledged that he got the call wrong. And now they're going to penalize him in terms of his ranking as, and I imagine it goes like this, those who make calls who get them right as opposed to those who make calls and get them wrong, there's a plus-minus you know, kind of score going here, and now he's, he's in a negative. Right, so in other words, that. he's going to end up in the doldrums of the NFL teams. Well, you know, he's one of the most respected. The he is one of the most respected officials in the game, and I respect him because I've always thought that he, he calls a very good football game. Well, I don't think the Chargers fans or the Chargers team respect him at all. Well, this could th- come down if the, Chargers go, if the Chargers make it to the AFC. This could, this could, this could hurt them down the road. This well, is no, not going to be forgotten. Well, the bottom line is, listen, just win the football game. I'm not game. even a Chargers fan, and I felt bad for them. Just, just win the football game. Go out and win the football game. You know, don't leave it in the hands of the referee. Play football and win the football game. That was a mistake yet, you know. But, come on. Well, you, well, know, they, they you know what I thought was really good about it, though? Denver, Denver had the balls, and the coach had the balls to turn around and go for the two points. I thought that was absolutely terrific. In, in, in other words, let's just get this over with. I mean, I love that. Don't kick the field goal. Take the chance. That's what football's all about. It was great. I mean, I enjoyed the game, and the, at the end of the game, it was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they just went for the two points and one. It was great. You know what? Now, you say that, and, and, and you, yeah. you're taking a position, but, okay, suppose he didn't make it. Then you'd have called him a bonehead. Well, you know what? I mean, That's you're one great. of those kind of fans, fan no, man. No, 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 that no, you just, just saying, jump you know, on the bandwagon. I mean, the coach has to make a decision. You want to tie the game up, or do you want to uh, and go into overtime, or do you just want to do it? And I oh. thought it was uh, it gave a lot of stability and a lot of uh, uh, credence okay. to the team that they could pull this off and do it, and they did. Oh. Okay, fan man, you're telling me if Wiz and Hunt did that here in Arizona, and the game he could have tied the game, and he went for the two points and he lost. What would you say to him? Uh, what I would say then is that the Cardinals shouldn't be doing that because the Cardinals are not like the Denver Broncos. <clears throat> the Cardinals what? don't don't have the uh, ability to do that yet. What's the they're, difference? They're not in the same. They're not in the same game plan. In the, and the league. game they're was on the, the line. They, 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 they would need to tie the game and then try for overtime. I, I would I would I would not see Wizard Hunt trying to do that. But not listen, with, if you want to make it okay, here's here's the point. I, I, th- I thought maybe you would go this direction. What direction? I thought you would go the direction of, okay, listen, we're going to make a statement as a team. We're not here to play it safe. We're here to play for the victory. And we're not going to go at this in a cautious manner. We're going to go at your throat. We got you on the ropes, and we're going to go for it, and we're going to win. You want to take the safe route, and when, the, and well, when you, you guys... Know, 99% of the coaches in the NFL would have, would have not done that. They, they would have said, okay, we'll tie the game up, and we'll, go, we'll, we'll, we'll try for overtime. Where... where um, you know, the Denver coach, um, what's his name, Shanahan? Yes. Shanahan turned around and said, hey, let's just go for it. Let's just get this over with. I think well, they, they crushed him. They had him. They had the Chargers down when that stupid call was made by that referee, and they said, you know what, we're just going to put it to them. We're going to slap him on the ground, and that's exactly what they did. Well, I, I will give you this much credit. I think Shanahan feels comfortable in his position as a coach, okay? 
he's, yeah. he's, he's a winner. Okay, he's a chief. He also feels comfortable in knowing that one game is not going to make or break us, but one game can make a statement for this team. So right. I, as a leader of this football team, am going to show you guys that I believe in you guys. That's exactly and what he did. And we're going to get this thing done. And then the young man, Royal, who had a great Monday night game, turns around again, catches the touchdown pass, and then catches the two-point conversion. And, uh, you know, to me, that, that was a team statement. That was a team statement that we believe in ourselves. And, and many times in football what happens is you can go back to a play, and it's almost like you can identify that play as the play that made our season. And that may be if they go on to the playoffs, win their division, and go in in the AFC Championship and go into the Super Bowl, that will be the defining moment for the Denver Broncos. And I can't believe I'm actually you know, sitting up here talking about the Denver Broncos. I can't actually believe you're Broncos. saying that either, but you're right. It was a defining moment. As a certainly, and a, and a radio talk show host, now you can say that. Yeah, it was a defining moment for the Denver Broncos. The person, if, if, when, when teams start off a season and they're looking for an identity, the Denver Broncos now have an identity, and that is they're going to go for it. There's no doubt about it, no question. Even, you know, short yardage, they're going for it. They're going uh, for it, right. You know, should we go for a touchdown or should we kick a field goal? Going for the touchdown. Going for the touchdown. That's the way they're going to – but that's what football is all about. I mean, that was a good football game. Again, that's what you want to see. You want to be – you want to see good football game. Fans have to feel as if they got their money's worth. You know, you that – right at that moment, all those people – that were in that stadium as well as all of us that were watching that game, I mean, now you are really on the heels of your seat. It's like either he's gonna, they're going to get it or they're not. It's good. The question is going to be answered right now. And that's what makes sports just so exciting. Man. It was, it was like, really this, – this weekend and Monday Night Football was just absolutely, totally exciting for the second week in the NFL season. I can imagine what's coming down the road. Well, there's going to be some good there, – there's good football. You know, parity is, is, is in existence in the National Football League. You know, the team's injuries play parts. You yes. know, and, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, their offensive line has just been <laughs> devastated. And I basically have picked them to win their division. But, you know, you never know Tom Brady no longer is playing. But just in one week, you forget about Tom Brady. You know, they, they, yeah, you got to go, go about on. Tom Brady and they're in the, in the, in the castle now. Yeah, and and they're two and zero. Oh. And they're two and zero. Oh. And you know what's funny about Castle? Thinking, uh, just talking about it. You know, Matt Leinart and uh, and all these other people. They have to be praised about what they do. Oh, you're so good. You're so pretty. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm hanging out with you. And grow your little stub on your face so you look like a man. You know, oh, kiss my ass because you know who I was in college. Look at me. Vince Young, the same thing. And basically, Castle sat there and did nothing and was just, you know, uh, th- you know, sitting on the bench doing nothing. And then he comes in. And I can imagine how Leonard now feels, Hollywood Matt from the Cardinals, feels about seeing Castle taking the Patriots 2-0. and And there's good old Hollywood Matt sitting there with his stubborn-looking face on the sidelines, not cheering for the team. Well, let me just address that because you 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 said something. Oh, my ass. Oh, yeah, you you, you said <laughs> you I'm said sorry. something about the players and and accepting and watching other players, and then you went into the Vince Young thing. You know, when you have people like Vince Young and you have people like Matt Liner, Vince Young made a comment, and I think for most people it went right over their head. What was the comment? He said that he had never been booed in his life. Okay, this is a young man who's playing quarterback, and just like Matt Liner, these are guys who play a position of quarterback, and they're good at their level of which they compete, and they win all the time. So in high school, you're t- when you're in midget league, nobody boos you. When you're in high school, the home team doesn't boo you. When you go to college, even those college, you know, coliseums, they don't boo you. When you get to the NFL, 
it is now that a person has taken their hard earned money these many of these people live in these cities not that they grew up in these it's not their high school football team it's not like a college or university where they got their degrees from where there is some loyalty there that is embedded into their hearts these are people that have chosen to support this team because they live in that city or whatever and many times people become fans of other teams so they have a right and many times as Joel said it himself on the Monday night game Philly they booed Santa Claus so you know they're going to boo you snowballs at Santa Claus so, so Vince Young the first time you've ever been booed that should not have been your first reaction was to go into this oh god well, that's I'm what I'm saying that what. they got to be praised before they go out in the field you got to say you're the best thing that ever happened to the game of football you are the man you you are the god of gods at USC and the University of Texas oh my god oh oh what do you need you pretty boy you're so pretty you're so great and then you got to praise these guys to get out there no in the NFL it's different just like you said from high school to college now they're in for the fans of the uh, Arizona Cardinals and he has to get out there and do his job for the amount of money that I get paid. But Castle goes in in New England, and look what he's doing for New England. He just steps right up. They thought Everybody thought that when Brady went out, the Patriots were going to fall apart. Look at 2-0. Well, one thing I, 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 will, I will say this about Kurt Castle. Warner did a phenomenal job, and they beat Miami. Yeah, Miami sucks. I mean, they're a rebuild team. I can't wait till and they're going to play the Redskins. Uh, I think the Cardinals are playing the Redskins this Sunday. We'll see how good the Cardinals are when they play the Redskins. Well, listen, you, what you have to do is you, you don't choose the team of which you play. It's on a schedule. And whoever shows up, whether you go to their stadium or they come to yours, when the referee blows the whistle and the game starts, you got to go get them, or they're going to get you. So right. I can't, I I can't fault the Arizona Cardinals for looking good and winning these two games that they've played because of the team that they played. That those are still professional football players. They are still the greatest athletes here in this country playing the game of football. And so they put whoever was in front of them, they just put them to the test. Yeah, and, and the I, Cardinals you know, came out with the Cardinals did play well, and they, you know, like you said, they're professional players on other teams, you know, in Miami and San Francisco. And, you know, they got to go out there and try to win the game, and the Cardinals look uh, pretty good. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But you know what? In 1991, right, just to tell you and the fans, in 1991, the Cardinals were 2-0. That was the first time. This is the first time they've been 2-0 since 1991. Now, when they were 2-0 in 91, they went into the Redskins, okay? And they got their asses kicked 30 to nothing or 31 to nothing. And then what happened was the, the Cardinals won 4-12. Well, listen, that was, and that's Sam, what happened. you're talking about 1991. Yeah, they were 2-0. They were 2-0 going into that game. Well, that, that was 1991. This is, some of these no, guys... I, I understand that, but I'm just going back in history telling you that that's what happened. I mean, if, you know, the Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals got their asses kicked all over this field, and they were 2-0. So they might have the same attitude, hey, we're 2-0, we're number one in the NFC West, <clears throat> we're this, we're that, blah, 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 blah. They better go in the, in the Redskins. If they beat the Redskins, then I will uh, 50% become a believer that there's something going good with the Cardinals. Well, the Redskins is, is not an easy team, you know. That's, that's so it, 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 it I will mean, not be going to play a team that's going to take them on. And and our secondary will be tested because they have a well. Our, our offense has to play a good game, but our defense really has to play a good game because the Redskins got a, a very good running game and a good passing game. Yes, they now, do. And we're going to talk about that at length, you know, because uh, we got our good friend with us, Jeff Mosher who is our East Coast correspondent. Jeff has joined us, and I think Jeff is... Are you there, Jeff? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, oh, Jeff. Oh, we're doing hey, wonderful. Man, how you doing, buddy? 
Good, good. What's going on? Oh, man, Jeff, listen, uh, you know, Fan Man is a little disappointed. I, I believe the guys had him strapped up in a white jacket because he was about <laughs> to jump, and I, I asked him not to. I asked him to come on and do the show with us today because I knew you were going to be here, knew we were going to have a good time. But I think uh, here coming up pretty soon we're going to have to take a break because I hear a little bit of music. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. We got Jeff back, so we're going to be back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Jack, he'll get you right back to your head. JackLalane.com presents Jack Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All righty, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Hey, man. And uh, it's good to have Jeff back with us. Hey, Jeff, you know, they, they talk about that the NFC East is probably the best division in football, uh, you know, it, it's certainly this year. But I, I'll tell you what, there, there's three games that are coming up this week, and I certainly believe that, you know, there will be somebody representing the East in all three of those games. Of course, that's... Uh, the best game, I think, will be, uh, let me start off, no, the third best game, I think, will be perhaps maybe Arizona and the Redskins. I think the second best could be the Eagles against Pittsburgh. And the best game is probably going to be Dallas against Green Bay. Uh, the NFC East is certainly hot. Yeah, yeah. It's been a knock on the conference for a long time is that it was it was a very top-heavy conference that probably didn't have more than one or two good teams. And last year, I think nobody really gave much respect to any team outside of Green Bay and Dallas until um, 
the Giants did what they did and won the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, it looks like Philadelphia's going to have a good year. Uh, you know, obviously if they lose to Pittsburgh, though, and fall to one and two, no matter how well they play, it's going to look ugly. But Hey, Jeff, one thing I can say, the Eagles are not going to be losers this uh, NFL season. You know what? Oh, you mean in general or this weekend? No, this uh, no this 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 uh, season. This is this. No, season. yeah, they look good. I, I mean, I think you know uh, people don't like to take positives out of a loss, but you know Dallas is the team that most people think is going to represent the NFC in the in the Super Bowl, and the Eagles just went into their house and had them on the ropes for the better part of three and a half quarters. Right. Well, they so. got to play Dallas again in November or no yeah. December twenty eighth, and then we'll see. And I think it's going to come down to Dallas and Philly for the NFC Championship. I really do. Well, hey, don't, Jeff- don't sleep on New York, though. I mean, they're still there too. <laughs> yeah, that's I right. I, I, you know, after last night's game, the way they played, uh, I mean, that was bad. That was that was one of the best Monday night football games I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah I mentioned yeah. the fact that this was, uh, you know, the three best games, and I didn't even mention the other team in the NFC East, with is which is the, the Giants, of course, and they're going to be playing uh, uh, Cincinnati. But 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 when you look uh-huh. at you know, the NFC, you know, it's a very strong division. The NFC is a, is a very strong division. And it, it, it many times, just like when you get divisions like this, it, it makes me think about the way things are structured in, you know, college basketball. And that is, you know, it's, it's a crime and a shame when a very good team doesn't get an opportunity to make it if they're in your conference and only the conference winner goes. So, you know, you get wild cards. But, you know, yeah. it could be a thing here, and it'll be hard because they play each other twice, and they could beat them up each other up real bad. But uh-huh. you know, it could be that somebody in this division could go something like nine and seven or ten and six and not make it into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look at a team. You know, look at last year. The Eagles weren't a great team, but they finished eight and eight, and they finished on a three-game winning streak. And a lot of people felt that they were really starting to get their mojo back, but they didn't make the playoffs. But you know. The NFC South winner was Tampa Bay, and how, how awful did they look against the Giants in the first round of the playoffs? So that's just kind of the, the unfairness of the way the teams are grouped by ge- geography, but they have to be grouped somehow. Well, hey, you Jeff, how do you feel about Deshaun the, the Jackson's uh, bonehead play? Yeah, um, that's disappointing. Uh, I think the thing that makes it the most disappointing, Fan Man, is that he had this happen to him in high school. Yeah, I said um, that earlier. Where he, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, I guess you see the footage where he tried to do a somersault into the end zone and yep. fell down to one. Yep. You know, it's time to grow up. I mean, I have no problem with, with celebrations. I know some people do, but I, I have no problem with celebrations. Just score the touchdown before you well, celebrate. Well, the thing is, you, you cover the Eagles. I mean, have they had a lot of problems with him uh, trying to get, get him uh, lined up and get, get his ego toned down a little bit? And you No, know, not at all. Not, not at all. Actually, they were saying last night on, on Monday Night Football, they were saying that they were trying to get him in line, trying to straighten him out, trying well, to get it's him. weird. It's like that, the questions from the media because of Deshaun's um, past and because of his, like, you know, because he was, uh, you know, this big star at Cal and a big star in high school. A lot of people have asked Andy Reid about how are they going to keep him grounded? How are they going to keep him from from getting his head? They said, they, said was, they said he was cocky. Yeah, yeah, but he hasn't exhibited those qualities yet. Well, he, and sure, I mean, he sure did last night. Last night. It was a little bit of a mistake, he said the I mean, obviously. He, he, that was, that was 5,000% cockiness. That was up yeah. in the upper rafters of cockiness. Well, fam, man, let me say this to you. You know, there's not a wide receiver in the game that is not cocky. I, I think what, what he just did is, again, it, it was more about getting into the end zone and to, and to do his dance. But I, and I said this before you joined us, Jeff, is you didn't see that from him during the preseason. You know, he right. basically was in his playbook. He was trying to become the professional that he has become to demonstrate the ability he has and we got on that stage a Monday night, and it's bigger than any one person. 
And, you know, he just wanted to dance in the end zone. And Emmitt Smith said it, you know, at the end of the game. You know, guys are more concerned about what they're going to do once they get in the end zone. Uh, and they're preparing for it days before, weeks before. And, listen, guys, you know, you've been there before. Don't don't worry about it. Just, you know, this is a game. Wait till it's over with. Do your celebrations. Hey, hey but Jeff, hey Jeff you, your opinion on the game, why uh, did the Eagles lose that game? What was What's your opinion on it? Defense. Why did the Eagles lose that game? They lost that game because – they were the last team to commit the last turnover. I mean, there were a lot of turnovers in the game. There was, there was, for as good as the game was, there were there were some sloppy plays. But the bottom line is, they had the lead. They were up three. They were driving in Dallas territory, ready to stick the proverbial knife uh, in their throat. And there was a botched handoff, and they gave Dallas a second chance. And that's a good team that's not going to uh, ruin a second chance. That's exactly hey, Jeff, so you hey, think hey, McNabb was uh, McNabb. Both of them, McNabb and Westbrook, were at fault, or is it just McNabb? You know, I've looked at the replay a hundred times and without knowing what the play call was, I mean, it, it looked like they were not on the same page as to what the play was going to be. And, and you know, like professionals, both of them after the game blamed themselves. You know, he, they blamed themselves. They, they, you know, Westbrook said he should have secured it better. Donovan said he shouldn't have, he, you know, he tried to force it in there. But it, it almost looked like they were running two different plays and, and there was a, an element of surprise when the handoff or when the exchange was about to happen. Hey, so. I'm, I'm going to say this, Jeff. I'm going to take it upon myself to guess what I think happened. And I want okay. to say it was pretty much like an option play, just like when you, you know, run an option play down the line of scrimmage and the quarterback either keeps it or pitches the ball. And yeah. I believe that Donovan had an opportunity to make a read if he thought the wide receiver was going to get a better gain than Westbrook up, you know, going up the middle. Because actually right. when you run an option and you fake it to the fullback on a dive, you put it in there. The quarterback actually puts it in there, but he can take it back out. And then he can pitch it, you know, to the, to the halfback. I think yeah. Donovan, you can see, he, he, he made the attempt to put it in, he pulled it back out, then he tried to put it back in. And so Westbrook is not supposed to reach for the for the ball he's just supposed to you know have that bread basket open so donovan can put that ball in there but i don't think for as far as i'm concerned guys the eagles lost that game because they played poor defense i mean that's a that was what 41 points score right even though everybody was entertained and we had we enjoyed watching the game there was no defense at all, none. You know, it was terrible. There was mistakes being made by many people, and you can't win football games. You can't expect to win a football game if you let somebody score 41 points on you. So for, as far as I'm concerned, the Eagles lost that game last night. The defense didn't play their part. And, and again, special teams, you can't, most of the time, if you, if you go down the line and you look at teams uh, who win games or if they lose games, if special teams has the, the opportunity and they – convert a big play many times the team will not you know who is the victim of that will not win they will lose and the cowboys of course you were on the uh on the victorious side because they had to yeah. kick off return for a touchdown and the eagles gave up 41 points it would be tough though to say that dallas won the game because they played better defense than the eagles i, I you know I no, mean, I, no I they both i said they both played terrible but but for the right. team that lost when you <laughs> go and you and you assess what happened to us we played terrible defense. We gave up 41 points. Now, what was uh, that? What was that one play in the uh, the end zone where um, I can't think of the player's name right now from New England? They, they they just you know they just got him in there from New England. What was his name? Lasamle Santo. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and, oh, and, and he had foul. He had that foul on him. I was like, what? What are you doing? Well, he was well again. He was oh, trying to make a play. No, it yeah, was yeah. pass interference, but they didn't call. They didn't call the pass interference until it was. It was later. one of the worst officiated well, games I'd seen. Yeah, in a while. yeah. I, I said the same thing. The officiating was terrible, just like in the San Diego game. 
Well, yeah. again, you know, guys, it, 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 it was a pass interference called after the fact, but the pass interference was actually called first. Did they do and an then they tried to wave it off. Did they, did they, wait, did they do an instant replay on that? They did. I don't. I don't think you. No, can you can't do instant replay, replay on that. You can't. You can't do that on a call. What you do is you circle together, and the referees say, "Well, was the ball tipped or was it not tipped?" And it was confirmed right. by the majority that the ball was not tipped. So therefore, it was pass interference. If the ball had have been tipped, then you could have the ability to engage into that receiver, regardless of where he is, and there's no longer any pass interference. Well, so, there I, were about I, there were about five face masks that weren't called. Oh yeah, oh that violent. That, Jeff, that's another thing. There was a ton of face masks not called. There were and violent face masks. Westbrook head, Westbrook, uh, Westbrook's head was going to be taken off. At that yeah, they also called a pass interference. I forget. I think it was on Anthony Henry against Greg Lewis in the end zone when Greg, Greg Lewis clearly clearly had the defender <laughs> by his jersey, jersey. was pulling right. him down. I mean, right. I, I, you almost, what, what were you looking at, you know, if you're the official? I, that boggled my mind. Maybe they were looking at the cheerleaders. Well, I, I would say, <laughs> I, I'll say this as a crew, again, you know, I've, I've noticed that, you know, the big guy normally does a great job, you know, when his mm-hmm. crew is together. Last night they did not have their best game in terms of officiating. They did try to correct it when they could, but I would say this. The face masks were so obvious, I don't know how they missed those face mask penalties. There were too many that were violent face mask penalties that were never caught. And I, I, I just don't, I mean, the head actually goes down or goes around. I don't know how they get, you know, That's how they missed those. I'm saying about Westbrook, when he pulled, his, when he pulled the, the, the helmet, his whole total, I mean, he could have broke his neck. Yeah, he, he could have. Yeah, he, I, I mean, call it. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it could yeah. certainly strain his neck and he could have some problems. But listen, guys, we got to move on because, you know, you know, we got some, as, as I said, there's some big games coming up this week. I think uh, I told you I thought it was going to be the best game. That was going to be Dallas and, and, Green, and Bay. Green Bay. That I, I thought that was going to be the best game. But uh, is there any other games out there, Jeff, that you take a look at that you think is a pretty important game this early in the season? Um, uh, you, you'll have to forgive me because I was flying all day, and last night was a Monday night game. I, I really haven't peeked ahead at the schedule for this weekend. Well, that's okay because, uh, you know, <laughs> what we always do is we always kind of go down the line. we got about three minutes before we take our next break anyway. But I'll tell you, you know, there's, there's a game going on that, you know, I don't think many people are, are concerned about it. But I think for the Kansas City Chiefs, it, it's, it's a big game, and the Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Atlanta Falcons. And I, as I said this before, I just think if Herman doesn't do something there, that he and Carl Peterson both may be out of there. And Kansas City's got to go into Atlanta, and uh, I think Atlanta may win that game. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, Atlanta, they kind of shocked everybody by winning that first game uh, of the year, and then they kind of came out and did more what you expect of them. And I kind of agree with you on Kansas City. that Even though they're kind of starting over and, and it's a reclamation project, um, they need a little bit of an identity, and, and if they're going to forge ahead to the, in the future, then it's got to either be with Carl and Herman they have to put their trust in him, or it's going to be with a new regime. And it's hard to think that it's going to still be with Carl and Herm after already having two years of it. Yeah, they, they, uh, they've certainly gotten their chance. They, you know, they had yeah. the problems with Larry Johnson, you know, and then he's yeah. back. And uh, he, he just, you know, again, those big, strong bags. You know, very few of them ever really pan out. You really need a playmaker, somebody that can take it. Uh, you know, Barber down there in Dallas is, is is the exception, but he's not real big, you know, but he's Listen, explosive. you stop picking on my Penn Staters, right? I don't like that tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, you pick know, on the beast. Hey, Larry I just, Johnson is a great running back. He's running behind an offensive line made up of five stiffs. I, you know what? But here's what I would say. I, when I look at Larry Johnson, I would compare Larry Johnson to Eddie George, but I think Eddie – 
is a better back than Larry Johnson. They're the same, you know, body style, same, you know, build, you know, about the same type of speed, elusiveness. But I think yeah. Eddie just had a little more swagger to it. Hey, hey Jeff, <laughs> let me, Jeff, let me ask you a question. You think the Cheeseheads have forgotten about? Uh, we got some music there, fam, man. We're going to come back and talk about those Cheeseheads, though. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan, man. We're in Philly living like it matters. We'll be right back after this message. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Damn, man. And I started to talk a little bit about some games coming up this week. Uh, you know, Oakland finally got a chance to uh, for us to see what possibly could be the future as far as a running game. And, and McFadden had a decent week. Uh, fan man, did you see any of that at all? Yeah, I did see some of that. Uh, I watched the Oakland, and, 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 and the Oakland game, and uh, basically what we were talking about last week about Al Davis. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like the ghost rider. <laughs> the emperor has no clothing on, and then now he's ready to fire that thirty-three-year-old coach. And that he, you know, his face looks like somebody threw darts at it, and he sits up there like he's the king of the the king of the uh, the, the earth. Well, who does this guy think he is anyway? Well, it is it is his he's team. the owner of the football team. Yeah, that's he right. Stay out of what the uh, football team is supposed to be doing, Jeff. I mean, the owners. You, you saw Laurie last night on the Eagles game, sitting in the box, and then there's Jerry Jones on the field. And we yeah. talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The owner should stay out of it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I, I've I, you know the guys on the field that coming down. I, I think a lot of times that is a little bit annoying to the, the head coach. Writer. 
But, Boy, uh, it's, like, it's one of those rare things. I mean, in, in any other business in America, if you say the owner should stay out of his own business, somebody yeah. will look at you like you're crazy. No, 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 well, Jeff, no, Jeff, Jeff. No, no, no I'm, I'm not. I'm not wait, 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 wait. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying how the sports is so different than other businesses in, in, in real life. Uh, you know, I'm just pointing out the, the weird discrepancy. Yeah, it, it, well, and I think most time it is because uh, if you really look at it, and Jeff, of course, I know exactly what you're saying, but it's interesting mm-hmm. how somebody can come in and buy a football team and know nothing about the business at all. Right. They know right. business, but they don't know the sport. Well, you know what? And the sport, the game itself is a part of the business. I, I would leave it up to the coach and say, make me a winner, make me money. Let's go. But that'll be hard. That, that's really hard to do. When you when you own something, who's going to tell yeah. you you can't yeah. do whatever you want to do? And it's it's like watching you know Mark Cuban, who's a great businessman, but probably doesn't know a damn thing about basketball. <laughs> you know, he can't play the game. Anyway, you know? what, I, what I want to say... Yeah, nonetheless, the, the, Mavericks, the Mavericks were a laughing stock before Cuban took over. That's oh, right. they were. What, what would the Yankees have ever been if Hanks, if, if, if uh, George Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner wasn't as that's involved right. as he is? Well, you know, Cuban had $5.6 billion to play with. That's why he could give them the best well, locker room. Al Davis got game. money to play with, and he certainly spends it. He yes. certainly spends it. But anyway, what, what I wanted to say was that Dallas is going to Green Bay. You think the Cheeseheads up there have forgotten about Mr. Favre, and they're on to Aaron Rodgers now, and... And uh, the team's winning, and and, and you know, because remember all this thing about Brett Favre, so that's all yeah. over with, and he's a new, he's now he's New York uh, New York Brett. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's interesting to me, uh, Fan Man Ray, is that you know, two games into the season, uh, Brett Favre is, you know, at the end of last year, I think most people even thought that Brett had a good year last year, but he was he's certainly uh, uh, not the same quarterback he was maybe ten years ago, and now right. with the Jets, he's he's kind of off to a, a tepid start, and and here's Aaron Rodgers who's throwing the ball around everywhere and, and looking pretty good. And this is what the ownership wanted. They wanted to move beyond Brett Favre and, and let the let the kid show what he can do because they believed he could. And two games into the season, it looks pretty good. Yeah, he, he does look pretty good for, all, for all, everybody that's really pissed off up there and around the country about the poor Brett Favre thing. I mean, I think they made a, a pretty good move. I mean, it's like it's like putting Matt Liner in. They put Matt Liner in. He didn't do anything. So they put the, the, the real winner in, Warner, and Warner is uh, now 2-0. Right, well, I, and you know, you I got to say this. Did you see the New England Jets game? Curious to know. Say that again. Did you happen to see the New England uh, New York game? I saw pe- I saw pieces of it, Jeff. So did I. It amazes me that you know they go out and they make this big deal to trade for Brett Favre, and they have this close game with New England, and they get down in New England's three yard line, and man, Eric Mangini calls three consecutive runs up the middle with Thomas Jones. When you have Brett Favre. <laughs> as your starting quarterback. I mean, a guy that you wanted to lead your offense, a guy who makes plays and you call three vanilla runs up the middle and don't score. And to me, that I, I, don't, I didn't understand any of that. I don't understand why you went out and got Brett Favre if you just want to run the ball up the middle uh, three straight times at the three. Well, you know, something else you got to have, too. If you're going to down on the goal line, once you're in the red zone, the green zone, you know, mm-hmm. you got to have a big, strong wide receiver that you can, like a Larry Fitzgerald or like a T.O. that you can throw right. the ball up to and they can go get it. And, and if you don't have that, then sometimes you're a little hesitant if I should, you know. So, so and, you're and saying that Mangini was afraid. I'm sorry, go ahead. So you're, thinking, you're saying that Mangini was afraid to let Brett take him into the end zone, that he was afraid. It, it, it seemed that. I don't it know if he was afraid. Yeah, yeah, I, man, I just don't understand why he wouldn't let his – the guy that he went out and traded for and said, "Oh my God, this is the this is what's great for the organization." Why don't you put the ball in his hands and let him make the play for you? He's got three tight ends who are pretty good. Bubba Franks, we spent a lot of years with in uh, Green Bay. Chris Baker has some has probably the best hands among all the tight ends, and he's got the first round pick in Dustin Keller. 
tight end from Purdue. I mean, you got some tall physical weapons there. Use them. Use them. Well, here, here's let that's me explain. That, that's, that's exactly right. Well, let me explain a little bit about that, guys. One thing that you're going on the goal line, what that strong safety or that safety is going to say to that mm-hmm. linebacker in front of him or that defensive end that's in front of him is, listen, you do not let that tight end off the ball. So the chances are they probably were anticipating that that's where they were going to go with the ball. And then well, not I only agree, that, but, that, but that's why you have two tight end sets, and maybe even three if you don't want to bring your wide receivers out there. I but mean, still, that's you have, the best. They have options. You, but, that, but again, Jeff, regardless of who it is, I mean, when you're lining up in short yards or goal line, the receiver does not get off the ball. I mean, if right, it ever right. happens, that's a, t- that's a mental mistake because the first job of the person who's lined up in front of him is do not let him off well, the ball. You, you know the difference between this Aaron Rodgers uh, and Brett Favre? I mean, Aaron Rodgers had 328 uh, yards in the game against Detroit, and Brett, good old New York Brett, had 181. Yeah, but again, yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, that, what's that? What, what does that say? You, well, it, it let, let's look at the personnel and who you're playing against. They are professionals, but then again, how good is that team? I mean, you're playing against the New England Patriots. You know, that's yeah, uh, yeah. That, not that to, makes not to belabor the point, Ray, but I'm sure that you know you can think of times and where you've seen a pretty good play action fake at the goal line where the quarterback rolls out and hits his tight end. And let me, and, and mean, let me tell you, every time every time that happens, Jeff, each and I want you guys every time that happens. It's a mental mistake. It's a mental no, mistake. I agree with you. Mental mis- that's what a play action is designed to do, to free that's someone exactly to have right. them hesitant to make a mental mistake, right? I mean, think run when it should be passed. And, and let me ask you something. Also, now, if you're playing against Brett Favre, this is probably what you do. Remember, it's a chess game, and they're uh-huh. probably thinking the same way you're thinking, and that is, uh-huh. guess what? They're going to let Brett throw the ball. We're going to go for that play action, but we're, not, we're going to be ready for that. We're not going for that and they're probably going to try to run the ball. I mean, it's, it's a chess game, but those people out on that field, they're the ones who have to be mentally prepared because you mm-hmm. break the huddle and you say, okay, guys, you know what Brett's going to do. He's going to fake like he's handed off, put it behind his hip. And, you know, and so an offensive lineman, it, you know, it really is a disgrace if you only need two yards or you need one yard down on the goal line and, and you can't get the ball into the end zone. I totally agree. It That's is a, a disgrace if you've got an offensive line and they can't get one or two yards. That's a, I mean, come on, guys. That's what you want to do. That's supposed to be. That's supposed to be. They have the all-time great Brett Favre. Yeah, but that's supposed to be. Something, just that's a lineman's. That's a lineman's chance. You know, and, and, and I agree with you, Ray. It is a chess game. They got to make a decision one way or the other. So. Yeah, but you, and when you get down there, that's a lineman's chance to shine. They don't shine on you know any other right. times except when they give a quarterback you know two days to throw the ball. But they uh-huh. want to be able to get down in the trenches, and it, we always say. The game is won in the trenches, and yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, they didn't win it. So they've got to, they've got to go back right. to the drawing board, and, uh, you know, you've got to win those. If you don't win those games in the trenches, man, you don't win football games. And, well, and I, guess, I guess it really shows that New England defense is, yet, is still as good under Belichick as it, you know, as, it, as it ever has been or will be because that was a heck of a goal line stand they put up there, and, and that was a heck of a job for them to win that game and win Matt Castle's first starting uh, starting jobs in high school and and those two guys those two guys who couldn't even look each other in the eyes you know couldn't even shake each other's hand the two coaches you know, oh, Mangini know. And, and you know and so uh but it was entertaining for us it was a good football game and let's yeah. say the best team won listen this best team is going to be back on its game next week we want you all to come back and join us you listen to rail of sports on the voice of america network with the number one co-host in the world Damn, man. jeff will be back next week and as always i'll see you next time which will be the best time i'm about to